Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Coltside Radio's Late Night Movie. Enjoy as your two glorious hosts, Carl Caper and Stephen M. Ronquillo, bring you the best in cinematic quality and rarity and lost gems that you should see more. So, let's get this show started. And tonight, Feature is... His right hand, repeat after me. The spook who sat by the door. The controversial best-selling novel now becomes a shocking screen reality. The story of the first black agent in the CIA. Hello, everybody, and I wish this was under nicest circumstances, but... We're in an angry fucking time right now, and that's the me being con- nice about it. Am I right, Carl? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. You know, with all the protests and then, of course, with the virus on top of it, uh, there's been lockdown here in the city. Uh, we have an 8 o'clock curfew. I can't even go out for a cigarette, so I'm very grumpy. <laughs> Did you smoke right before the show? Uh Yeah. But, okay, but tobacco, tobacco, tobacco. I know, I know. I most it's certainly just, did. Yeah. And I don't blame them for getting pissed. I mean, this is... This is unprecedented since the 60s that you would have the cops kill three black people in is it a three week span one a week I think it's two week span actually a two week span yeah it started with it was about it was in Louisville this is where Louisville gets into it and us in Knoxville down south well these cops executed a no knock warrant on this guy's house, but the guys that they had the warrant against, guess what, Carl? Where was he during this? Uh, he wasn't there, that's for sure. He was already in fucking jail. So the cops oh, executed the warrant. Didn't take the fucking time to go. Hey, let's see if he's locked up before we go out and do this dangerous no-knock warrant. What a no-knock warrant means is they can kick in your fucking door, rush in your house, guns blazing, and they don't have to announce their cops. Now, what would you do, Carl, at 4 a.m. in the motherfucking morning if somebody kicked in your fucking door with guns? I would probably have a heart attack. Yeah. I mean, would you not, if you had a gun in the house, try to defend yourself? I wouldn't have a gun. I'd be a dead man. I wouldn't have a gun. I'd be a dead man. And unfortunately, yeah, this I'm young lady was. if you had a gun. Well, let me put it this way. No, because I wouldn't have a gun. I don't believe in them. Yeah, well, the point is, you know, just anyone in their sane mind would defend themselves. 
And he called 911 saying that somebody's breaking in their house. So he fired off a couple of shots, and then the cops just unloaded, shooting his girlfriend, who was a first responder. She was one of them. Yeah. Shot her 14 or 17 times. I think 14 times. Yep. Fucking her up so bad that her family could not, I repeat, could not have an open casket funeral for her because her body was so messed up. And guess what happened to the guy? He got arrested for attempted murder until his lawyer released the 911 tapes to the press. Yeah. I won't recommend you listen to him because he'll kill you listen to it. He's sitting there crying, saying, Someone kill my girlfriend. Someone murder my girlfriend. Help, help. Get the police over here. No. That's terrible. Then last week we had someone, the second guy, who is the center of all this, who this cop had his leg on the back of his neck for eight minutes. And guess what, Carl? He had COVID-19. You know what that means, don't you? Oh, absolutely. His lungs were not working properly. Exactly. So eight minutes of direct pressure to the back of your neck would kill... Well, and it did kill him. Mm-hmm. And they were going to let it off, too, until these riots started. Then they threw them to the wolves. I got yeah. no sympathy for him. As a matter of fact, I want them to take those cops to the biggest, blackest prison that there is. No skinheads, please. And put them in general population. The problem yeah. will sort itself out in about two or three weeks. But what happened to Dahmer? Look how Dahmer committed suicide. Right. And you remember how that went down, don't you? Not offhand. Well, two weeks after Dahmer got in gin pop, uh, someone someone stabbed his throat out. Uh Uh-huh. A black prisoner. But then last week, this guy who owned a barbecue joint in Louisville, who was standing next to his business protecting it, and this guy, sorry if I forget the names, I'm bad with Carl's names sometimes. That's part of my disabilities. I get brain farts when it comes to names. Include motherfuckers I'm just introduced to, right, Carl? Yep. But this guy who fed the local cops who were on that beat and was a supporter of the police was shot when they just decided to go buck wild and start randomly shooting. Shooting. So right now, black lives matter, not because of any cause or anything. It's because the cops are randomly murdering them for no fucking reason. And what do you expect when you see all this? 
You know, the thing about it, you weren't you weren't around in 1968, but I was. I was only 10 years old, mind you. Uh, but but we're coming up on the uh, conventions. Uh, we have unrest. Uh, we have civil uh, civil unrest. We have uh, uh, unrest in terms of COVID and all the lockdowns. Uh, I mean, uh, this is going to be ugly. This is not And you know how we joke about how some movies uh, that the police stage is right now. How scary is it that Anthony Burroughs and, and Stanley Kubrick with a clockwork fucking orange are so spot on on how the fucking cops are? Well, you know what? I, I, I go back even further. Okay, I go back to medium cool. Yeah, uh, but what uh, I'm talking how, about is that they're hiring an about amazing the amount of skinheads, neo-Nazis, and in, in, in the in the police force. And I'm I'm talking more about yeah. how how all of this is uh, uh, has to do with underhanded surveillance. And 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 uh, uh, just the the whole sense that you know the people in control, the police, the government, and that are all against us. And what do you do? And then of course at the end of that movie, you know that was filmed during the riots. And trust me, you know we have seen some of that, and it could just get worse and worse and worse. I'm 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 very very scared at this point. Seriously, about what's going on. Yeah, well, I'm not scared. I'm as much angry as that we let it get this far. We got scared shitless after 9-11. So we decided, mm-hmm. oh, the police should be able to do what they want to. they just trying to keep us safe. Yeah. No. No, they've militarized the police, and, and, and it's been a really bad thing. The whole Patriot Act. I mean, it, there, there's, you know, there was something that Alexandra Ocasio Cortez just said. You know, we may get rid of Trump, but we have to get rid of the infrastructure that caused all this, the dark money, everything. Yeah. And, and we have to really rethink and reorganize and, 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 and not keep the status quo anymore and that's not going to be easy and I'm not saying we're going to do it because there's so much people who don't want that to happen yeah you know who's really earned my respect during all this mess who George Bush Jr yeah with what he said absolutely yeah Trump is not helping it out, but then Trump is a known skinhead sympathizer. Sorry, cotton mouth. Sympathizer. When your ass says sympathizer and you get tangled up, you know you got the cotton mouth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you know the thing about it too. Uh, you know, I I don't like to get political, <laughs> um, but the, there are two things about Trump that. I would I could never support him. And those two things is the man is a bully. That's number one. 
And number two, I will never know why anyone would have supported him right at the beginning when he uh, mocked that uh, uh, reporter with, with cerebral palsy. You know. Oh, look he, at him. And he's uh, petty look and at bully. the support base for him. Ninety uh, percent yeah. of his uh, uh, voting base are un or undereducated. White Americans. That's all I'm saying. I'm using un and undereducated. That's the words that I'm using. There's another mm-hmm. word that Vicky would use, but we're trying we're to be a tiny bit tactful. Yeah. We're not No, think, think, think beef soup and uh, something else. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but, yeah, people think this is something new. No. Our country was founded on anger. The Boston Tea Party, how did that start? We sick and tired of being overtaxed for our teeth. So we're going to take your tea and throw all that sh- shit in the water. Yeah. And was there a movie that, was there ever a book that was so beautiful in the way it shows how to do real change, how to affect real change and real revolution? Not just putting a black Square over your face, bullshit. Yeah, I'm right. saying it. Well, there, there's a couple, and of course, what we're going to watch today is 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 based on a novel by a gentleman by the name of Sam Greenlee. And Sam uh, graduated, and he got into foreign service, and he was one of the first black uh, people within the the FBI, and 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 did foreign service overseas. And uh, that was 1967, and in 1969, he wrote this book. And, you know, you're talking about what movies and so on and so forth, and certainly this is one. But he also, uh, I, I ran across an interview that he did in the early 2000s before he passed away, like 2000, mid-2000s, like 2006 something. And um, he mentioned a movie called If. If you don't know... If you're not familiar with that film, it's it's the first of three films by Lindsay Anderson uh, and uh, starring Malcolm McDowell, and it's about revolution at a prep school in England uh, and and violence and, and so on and so forth. And so Sam Greenlee took all this information, what he knew in that, and he came up with this. And 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 the one thing about this film and this book that he wrote is to this day it is required reading at Quantica and the reason it's required reading is because of exactly what you said that 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 the powers that be are very afraid that you would teach the wrong person they would take that information and mobilize the uh, uh, the masses and that's what this movie is about and so, you know, I got to give you credit, uh, Stephen, because 
to do this movie at this time with this political situation we're in right now. Uh, this is a pretty bold step. We could get into trouble for this, but you know what? I'm there with you, buddy, because I love this film. I think it's a great film. I think it's one of the three, or certainly one of the five best uh, uh, black exploitation films of, of the year. No doubt. Black movie. This one ain't no black exploitation film. This is a black movie. Yeah. Okay. You make that. You make that distinction. I don't, but I understand exactly what you're saying. Um, yeah. But yeah, if and, you and, and, if you don't believe us about the Quantico, look in the early scenes of Jonathan Demme's uh, 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 Silence of the Lambs. When she first right. goes to meet Jack Crawford, he's reading that book. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she looks at it, and he said, oh, you're teaching first-year students at Quantico? He's like, how do you know that book is required reading? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. And this movie is only on theaters for two weeks. It was less than that, I thought. No, two weeks. Because it was like a week, and then and then during the second week, they pulled all the prints because basically the FBI told them to. Yeah. Like I said, it two weeks. It didn't make three. No. It made I, I don't Friday. think it even made two. I, I, I think yeah, it didn't make two. Yeah, it made two, two. Friday. I that, okay, made two Fridays. Friday to Friday, Friday to Friday. It was like Friday to Friday, Friday to Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll tell you what, um, there's a yeah. wonderful, hold on, Steve, there's a wonderful uh, uh, documentary on the um, on, on this movie, and I forget what it's called exactly, but it's basically about all the FBI pressure on it and, and all of it and the difficulty of getting it uh, uh, produced. Sam Greenlee uh, got together with Ivan Dixon who directed this film, Ivan Dixon, if you're not familiar with him, uh, was an actor, more known as an actor, but he also had directed. He was best known for uh, his role on Hogan's Heroes. He was the black, uh, token black on that show. Uh, And um, so they pulled this all together, and uh, unfortunately, with all the pressure and that they got from the FBI, never did... You know, make money until much many years later when it was released on VHS, and then of course, um, never was uh, DVD. VHS DVD. Yeah, DVD. When and it finally came out, who DVD. was behind the DVD release? Well, the DVD came out from Xenon. And who was the one who basically spent his own money to find the last? Surviving negative of the movie and get the film restored. Was that Dixon or was that Greenlee? No, Tim Reed. Oh, it was Tim Reed. Okay. Yeah, Tim Reed from Frank's Place and played the DJ and WKRP Superfly. Yep. I did he not know that, that was He had actually seen it during the two weeks that it was out, and that movie slapped him in the face hard. Oh, well, 
Listen to anyone who's watching this. And of course, uh, uh, I'm I'm watching the uh, YouTube cut. Um, but I'll tell you what, you will get slapped in the face. This is an extremely powerful film. Yeah, this is not a happy, happy movie. But it's what, sometimes what you need is not what you want. Mm-hmm. And right now we have a lot of anger. We have a lot of anger right now. And this this film is incredibly angry. And there's a difference between righteous anger and just being pissed off. Yep. I'm the angry one here because Carl never gets angry. I try I try yeah. not to. Not not I'm I'm not very good at being angry. He believes in turning the other cheek, and me, I'm by, I'm a breaking the hand that slaps me. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> okay, we're so at we the Bocardi Limited production. Yep. We're there. And we're going to start. Are you ready? Hold on, let me get there. All right, I'm right at Bokari. Okay, five, four, three, two, one, go. There we go. Love the music. Now, let's talk about the music. The music was done by... Uh, uh, his next door by, neighbor. Uh, uh, um, no, by uh, uh, Herbie Hancock. Yeah, that's the story. The reason he got Herbie Hancock is Herbie was Ivan Nixon's next-door neighbor, and he showed him the film, and Herbie's like, I'll do it for you. Yeah. I love words. I love how they use all these double-speak bullshit words in this opening scene here. So what this opening scene basically sets up is it's all political. There's no reason to do this other than political, and they want votes, and they want to say they did this. Yeah. And that's the problem with most politicians. They live and die by these bullshit polls. Mm-hmm. With Rachel and Liz just make down, blah, 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 blah. Fucking bullshit speak words. That's like saying huh. Carl is the second command of finding out and distributing information orally. On this show. <laughs> In other words, I'm the fucking co-host. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How scared do motherfuckers get in this election last? If the elections were held today, who would win? Those bullshit polls that don't mean shit. Yeah. The computers indicate a sharp decline immediately after your law and order speech. The Negroes are the trouble spot. Right. And so that's that's the whole thing here. You know, this all sets up why this happens. And uh, and Seth Greenlee has said that 
the idea of bringing blacks into the CIA, into the FBI, and into foreign service was specifically uh, 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 was specifically political to try to unquell to quell the uh, uh, unrest that was happening at yeah. the time with the Watts riots and so on and so forth. So it's all political. Well, that, it's not the blacks. Remember, it was the blacks and the fee women too. They would hire right. women and put them in places where people could see, you know. It's the visual thing. That's where this top movie's title come from, the spook who sat by the door. They wanted the first thing that people to see is okay, that, look, we've got us a black person. We've got us a woman working for us. We're yeah, racially yeah, exactly. integrated. That's point. So Lawrence Cook is your, your, your lead here. This is the only movie I know that he ever fronted as as the lead actor. But here you're seeing all the credits. You're seeing all these blacks on there getting getting their their uh, um, physicals and so on and so yeah. forth. So they're going through all the motions here. And this is not racist, but there's only one thing that really gets to me about who they picked for the token one. Okay. Because usually it would have been the lightest skin one that they would have picked, not someone like Greenlee's character, like the main character. No, no, no. But but the thing is, they are looking for someone who's smart, who's educated, and so on and so forth. So the sense of looking for someone who, who who's a light skin, which you would think would be the case, there are other classifications here. And if you take a look at this particular segment, the first 15 minutes uh, of it from here on in, that's exactly what they focus on. So so there you go. Yeah. Oh, what other movie that me and you love took the basis of this scene right here and put it into his own terms in his other 1992 movie? Okay, I didn't hear all that. Uh, I'm trying what to deal with the. What other movie uh, that we love that came out in 1992 uses this scene right here as a basis for a scene in it? Oh, oh, oh! Uh, you're talking deep cover. Yeah. And really, how lucky would it be for you? It's like, oh, I'm going to go to my next door neighbor who's a musician, and then it turns out you're living next door to freaking Herbie Hancock. <laughs> yeah. And this was Herbie great too. Well, no, no, no. Herbie had been around for quite a while. He was well known in the jazz community. Uh, yeah, but he was already making when money I say hands break, over I fist mean, with his first main, but, you know. But this is his first film, I believe. Uh, he he'd been yeah. on the soundtrack, but as composer. But the interesting thing is that the the score here is really interesting. It's not what you expect from. Quote black exploitation. You know, it's 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 not you know, uh, it, it, it's not James Brown. It's not punk. No, this is before the, the cliches of state. Remember, the only big scores that come before this were Learning Tree, Shaft, uh, Across the Hundred and Tenth Streets, which pretty much were traditional scores. And and Superfly too. Don't forget Superfly. This came out in 73. 
So here you have the, 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 the group of guys who have now been whittled down, and there's like ten of them there. So now, now you get to see and, and feel how they're interacting. And, and still at this point in time, as a viewer, we don't know which one is our hero yet, really. Which one is, you know, so you have to see who's going to. And of course. I love how they acted so different, so stiff-necked. Then as soon as the white folks leave the room. Oh, well, yeah. Absolutely. You put on masks. And they talk about that. Now they're, they're, see, they're looking at them. Yeah. And and these guys that are controlling this know that this is bullshit. They're just going to pick one and he's not going to do anything. Right? So now you well, get to they're see them. They consider the whitest one. And when I say whitest one, I'm not talking skin color. I'm talking about the way they act. You know. Right. Well, listen to the music right here. It's backwards. Yeah. Yeah. So now you're getting to see a lot of the training here. Yeah. And if you think that this movie is bullshit, well, in the year 2000, we started having a little problem with gangbangers, skinheads, neo-Nazis, uh, those uh, extremists, all joining the military and then learning what the military has to teach and then going back and start teaching the other extremists. Why? Yeah. It works. It's efficient. Get all of their knowledge and use against them because the most dangerous thing that you can have is knowledge. Is knowledge. Absolutely. Why do you Absolutely. think they like it better when they just they like sea level in our class, the pole class. They like sea level folks better than A and B, because sea levels are easier to make happy and keep pacified. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Now here you have, you know, you know, now they're in, in swimming and they're going through all this, but you always see these guys looking at them. And, of course, what's being said here is, is, you know, they're looking down on there. They're just, well, I'm going to use the word. They're just niggers. Yeah. And, 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 yeah, and I love so that. The, I love that. Freeman fades in the background. He's been in the movie in every shot. This is the first one but, we get to notice him. Right, exactly. And he's not exactly who you expect. See, that's the thing. Now you're going to start to see him. Yeah. And now you're starting to understand he's the hero. 
Because you see the difference yeah. here, how they're coming in and they want to party and shit like that. And he's, and he's serious. He's serious for a reason. Yeah, and he fades into the background for a reason because he doesn't want to be noticed. And that's the whole point. You want to be noticed, but you want to do it under your own terms and their terms. You don't want to seem dangerous. Right? But the whole thing is, he's he's looking to be underestimated. And trust me, I understand being, un, you know, wanting to be underestimated because I play that a lot. He just told the truth right lot. there, but they didn't listen to him. Nope. You better watch what you nope. say about white folks because they moon might be bugged. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know. Oh! Fuck yeah! Oh, fuck yeah! That's only <laughs> shit right there, ain't it? Yeah, it is. You'd be happier with a mop in your hands. And he just says three words. Like your mama. <laughs> Whoa! If you was a baby, I would kick your ass. Look at him. This is the real him we're seeing right now. And then as soon as he leaves, he puts his mask back on again. Yeah. I mean, just look how angry he is right there, Carl. I mean, just... Yeah. Okay. Compose. Put on your mask. All right. And then suddenly you know there's more to him than you think. Yeah. Yeah. What is it they, uh, you know what the old term from the South says, don't you? What? Still water runs deep. Oh, yeah. And here you see, you know, though it's very, very much in background right now, you see the separation of 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 of, of the races. Because here he is in a an all black bar. You see the separation with the windows and the the people that run the C, the CIA. Yeah. And the light skin sitting with the light skins and the dark skin sitting with the dark skins. Yeah, you see all of this. And but it's and not that's it's something not that you never, never, never heard. Even the movies, the black exploitations didn't touch that taboo subject. There were a couple, but they were before the black exploitation. Actually, there were a couple. Yeah. And the fifty. Well, yeah, that one out of Texas, high yellow. But but you're talking more of the exploitation. I, there's there was one with the, uh, what's her name? Uh, well, there was one in the '40s with Dorothy Dandridge where she uh, passed for white. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but there were a couple. Yeah, it's called I Pass for White. <laughs> 
Isn't it funny that the more straight film has the more exploitation title? And the one, if you really watch High Yellow, it's not an exploitation movie. It's a brutal movie. It's a remake of Buñuel's uh, Diary of a Fucking Chambermaid. Oh, nice. Yeah. I gotta say that 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 dress is the seventies, man. You're not gonna see that again. No. So revel in the colors, buddy. Oh <laughs> yeah. The one thing I do like about this film is, as it goes along, it, it, it takes its time. You know. You know, a lot of films from this era, you know, start with the action right away and so on and so forth. Not this. Yeah. It takes its time. You get to know the characters. You start to get to understand what's going on. And then and then yeah. by the, the middle of it, then all hell breaks loose. Yeah, and plus this movie is about how to pass without having to sell your own soul out. You know, it, but the thing about it is, as you watch this film, imagine if you were part of the government. With all the unrest and everything, the anti-Vietnam wars, the, the, the race uh, riots and everything, still going into the 70s, how afraid of, would you be of this film? And trust me, they were fucking frightened of this <laughs> yeah, they tried to have the book banned. Uh, and, well, the story is it was not it was not officially published in the U.S. Uh, the publisher was from Britain when it was first published. It's the only one yeah. that would take. Thank you. If you try to find the first three printings of this book, you're not going to get it for under a hundred fucking bucks. No. Now, if you get uh, the 95 your, release that, that came out when this movie started getting some traction and Sam Greenlee <sighs> got some traction, mm-hmm. you can get it for pretty cheap. Yeah. Well, here here you have the, 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 the kung fu part of the movie, the training. Well, he's learning. He's soaking up everything. Thing that they can teach him. Well, that's the whole point. See? Was trying to bait him here too.
And you know what lesson he's learning right here? It's an important one. How to yeah. fight with anger. Because if you go in fighting anger, you're going to lose every time. There you go. Yeah. And they had taught cops something that dangerous. Yeah. They hired the late Israeli commandos to come in and train those cops. That's how he knew how to put his net leg on that guy's neck. Why the fuck does a beat cop need to know something that damn dangerous? Yep. So now he's having a, uh, he's got his girlfriend. You know that, that he's the focus of the film. What is he going to do? Yeah. They're making him... They've already shown how angry he... They showed how angry he is before they really... See, that's how they got the skinheads and everybody in. They got their cleanest guys. And the gangbangers, right. they got their cleanest guys. They're like, okay, which one of you guys got no records, no nothing, no connections to us? We'll send you in. Oh. And then you come out and train us. And then we'll go out and train those guys. Just imagine how quick that can be. Like men, like uh, you taught t- you taught ten guys to go go uh, play the organ. How many people could mm-hmm. they train to play to play play the oh, organ? Exactly. exactly. That's a hundred people within two. That's like the co- coronavirus. You get it, and then your whole family gets it, and then they give it to everybody, and yeah, yeah. I love it. All they care about is their bullshit folders and facts, and they don't care about the real person. Isn't it funny that what the Kung Fu guy said to him is basically the fucking truth? Why he should not like him? Huh? You know? How do you like that? He pretty much knew that that woman was a setup to get to him. Yeah. 
You're not stupid. And that's what that's how you really can be dangerous. Don't be stupid. Learn that's everything happy. you can. If you see someone it's like it goes with movies too. If you see me and I say a movie is suck. Go to five different people. You get five different opinions. Take those five different opinions, put them in your mind, watch the movie, and then make your own opinion. Absolutely. But base it on facts, not conspiracy theories or voodoo bullshit. Right. Like Carl's from Carl's from the Moon. Why? Because he loves cheese. Oh, my God, you're right. They say the cheese, the moon's made of cheese. It's fucking right. <laughs> Actually, the mothership is coming for me, but it's not the moon. I'm not sure where it is, but uh, we'll see. And if the mothership comes, I hope sunrise on it. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Or, or at least George Clinton. Speaking of LGBT, remember what they just asked him? He said, do you think he might be homosexual? No. Remember, that was a scare thing of theirs. Oh, absolutely. How funny it is in this time, in this racially charged thing, they're like, we don't care that he's black, where he's our token Negro. But I hope he's not gay. Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. They never get to a point where they choose uh, what kind of job you are based on a computer demographic or anything. Right. Ah, yes, there's his job. Okay, I'm a little behind you because, unfortunately, with my copy, there are ads. So he's still taking his his, uh, last test. Well, I'm just where he's at, uh, his important CIA job, which means he's manning the right here. Yeah, okay, I'm only like 30 seconds, 45 seconds behind you. Yeah. I I get they made him lower than a secretary. And to prove my point, I love it. Who's he walking with in this fit and who treats him like an equal? The woman. Right. You know why? They're both getting fucked the same. And they yeah. both did get fucked the same. They're both working the same shit job, only the one that gets Look at this white background. Look at this white background. Hold on. Oh, I love that. Seriously. Yeah, and, and, you know, and and that's definitely a directorial choice of Ivan Dixon. Ivan Dixon is best known for this movie in Trouble Man. He did that. But then he he got into TV, and he did tons and tons of TV. (laughs) What's funny, is, what's sad is, is they're both, the woman and the black guy is doing the same job, 
Only the woman is getting paid 10% less than he is. Yep. Reception. And that's the whole point. The spook who sat by the door. Spook, of course, being a double word meaning black, a derogatory term for poor black, but also being a spy. Because if you're a spy, yeah, you're a well, spook. Let me get... Uh, the word spook comes from the the bullshit theory that they... And you've seen it in a lot of the 30s movies, comedies and stuff, and definitely in the minstrel shows, that the, the blacks is afraid of the ghosties and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was a derogatory term for blacks at this point. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. And spook yeah. is what they call the guys in the CIA because they would go in and out like ghosts. Exactly. So it has a double meaning. The interesting thing about our actor, Lawrence Fair, is is take a look at the, the you know, take a look at Richard Roundtree or Ron O'Neill or or, you know, some of the others. This guy looks a little different and he acts differently. And 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 in a lot of ways as this goes along he, he he has the same power of any of those people, and, but and, it's different. Now that's an interesting thing. Look at the wig. She takes off the and wig, he's and now she's the hardest real. thing right now that I've seen a lot of people not be able to do. And if you can't do this, you're not going to get anywhere in this world. What? Eat shit. Oh yeah. Because look at the way the waiter looks at him at the end of this scene right here. When he... Look, he's looking at him dirty already, you know. Yeah. How, how ironic is his last name? Okay, uh, say that again. Uh, what is his last name? I, I have to look at the... Freeman. I have to, the volume Freeman. Oh, yeah, Freeman. That's right. Yeah, that was a name that they would give to a black who's from slavery. You're a free man now. Right. He's still dealing with the effects of slavery still. Right. Even his name says so. Yep. So at this point, you're sort of third into the movie. What is this person going to do with all this training? Is he going to try to change the CIA, or what's going to happen here? And of course, we've given it away to a certain degree. But at this point, yeah. it seems like this is a drama. Uh, uh, and it's not it's not as scary as you think it would be. But and then you know what again, the funny thing is, is, we just seen him get rid of what would be an important tract in a normal movie: the romantic interest. 
We passed over that right. scene. Exactly. And do you think he's stupid enough to do anything wild? He knows that they're going to be watching. Why do you think that he worked for so long? Oh, absolutely. And what movie did you mention at the first of uh, this? Well, I, I mentioned I, I mentioned that Sam Greenlee cool. uh, was influenced by a movie called If. By no, 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 Anderson. Medium Cool. And where was that movie oh, filmed Oh, Medium at? Cool. Okay, you're going there. Okay. Wait, it's a we connect. Where was this filmed at? Chicago. Well, yeah, absolutely. Mayor Daly, who was the mayor of Chicago at the time, was a real motherfucker when it comes to anything that wasn't straight white Republican bullshit. Right. Actually Democratic, but yeah. But that's okay. Well, well still, he was a real motherfucker who... Oh, yeah, there was a political machine. almost got killed during medium cool. Mm -hmm. So now he's back in his old neighborhood. He's decided to Yeah, look, the woman's just, just, oh... He ain't no real junkie. He's only got a... Ah, Carl ain't hooked on cigarettes. He's only smoking, like, one pack a week. That motherfucker over there smoking three. Now, he's a fucking junkie. Rationalizing. And that is true. There was enough to, they say, well, why do blacks sell drugs? Why do blacks do this? Well, shit, why would you want to work at McDonald's and make minimum wage? This goes for whites, too. Minimum wage. When you could, if you could get away with it, sell drugs. Hell. Back then, hell, I bet you kept the weed you kept the weed guy going. It was about $20 a bag back then, wasn't it? Yeah. And that's good money. Even better money if you was an asshole that wouldn't uh, sift it out and get rid of weeds and streams. Stems. Stupid. But it's all about economics. People are going to do now, what makes them money. So now, I, I want to bring this up. So so now you're getting scenes of him in his old neighborhood. And you see him now starting to talk to people and start to uh, organize. Put this is where the, the movie starts taking the turn. Uh, and we'll get to more of that as he as it gets more and more uh, uh, apparent what happens here. But right now he's trying to build an infrastructure. This is the first thing you do when you want to build an organization that's going to affect change. 
and he's he's doing it as a social worker. And you're introducing to me one of the most interesting characters in the movie in this scene who really doesn't get his point across a little bit later in the movie. Oh, and did you notice on that door was a picture of Malcolm X? Yeah. And he's very, very check this out because this is brilliant. <laughs> That's the truth. Yep. territory now. That's what he's talking about. Yeah. And now he's the leader. Yeah. Go ahead. Nice. And I've seen so many people gripe like, this is not a way, this is not necessary. Well, sometimes it is. Yeah. Do you actually think, and let's be honest, this is the, everyone out there, if those motherfuckers hadn't started burning those buildings down, would we have those three cops in fucking jail on charges today? Before the riot, this motherfucker was getting third degree which is basically the murder version of oopsie I screw I accidentally made a boo boo on you With all the anger coming out in the last election and all this and people pissed off about COVID and staying in there and all that shit this was bound to happen Nobody knows what the match is going to be, but when you're standing in a room full of gasoline, motherfucker's going to blow up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hell, Carl's seen it more than I have. Uh, He's seen the Harlem riots. 
Oh, yeah. He's seen Altmont. Yep. He's seen the riot, the the riots in Medium Cool. Only ones I really seen was uh, the Rodney King riots. Right. And back then they were like, these black people are burning, blah blah blah. And I'm like, good. Won't they? You know, good. Get. You know, sometimes you gotta get the anger out, and some mm-hmm. doesn't get constructive. Well, you know that's the thing. I, I, I'm I'm certainly not for for looting. We were supposed to have a oh, loot out here. Yeah, okay, well, no, fuck let me go. Let me go. Let me go. So on Friday, in, in our building here in, in, in uh, the city, I, I live in Queens. There was a thing where, you know, we have all these peaceful demonstrations. Oh, there's supposed to be a loot out, and and oh, we have to stay in and that sort of thing. And I talked to Richard, who's my, and he was right that nothing happened. It was basically the uh, the right leaning press or whatever that had put it out as 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 uh, a fake press release. You know, uh, I don't believe in looting, uh, un- but I understand that some of it is from anger, and, and and I do get it. But you know, the thing about looting, especially nowadays with COVID, is that that you know these restaurants and these storefronts and these little mom and pops. They're already hurting. They're probably going to go under anyway. There's no use to do that. Yeah. So and so that motherfucker that I would I'm gonna find out I'm gonna find out his name one day so I can say it on the show properly. But to you, the motherfucker that ran out of fucking Target with that big old box of Legos, suck my dick, suck it, fucking pussy motherfucker. If I knew who you was, I would shove every Lego up your ass individually. And I'm hoping it's a 500-piece set. (laughs) And you notice there's none of the cliches that usually see in black exploitation films, no, right on, brother, right on, sister. This movie is fucking serious. There's no time for that empowering bullshit. Well, remember this, too. Okay, so Sam Greenlee, who wrote the novel, also wrote the script to this. Sam Greenlee was well-educated. Sam Greenlee wanted change. And so he's not going to, as a screenwriter or in the book, resort to to the real simple uh, uh, phrases and that, that that you're used to on things like this. He's going to be talking intelligently. That's where this, this movie really scared someone, uh, the government, because it was intelligent and knew what it yeah. was talking about. And when he talks about, about you know, uh, organizing and, and what it shows here, he, it's, it's amazing. And what's sad is he, right now, we have just met, uh, going into any details, the most tragic character in this whole movie. Yep. We've met the lion, 
But always when you meet the lion, there always has to be a lamb. Right. And this guy appeared in a lot of stuff, mostly TV. Yeah. So the interesting thing here, too, is you do see a difference in the class and of the blacks, too, because, of course, he and the people here are more middle class, but he's working with the lower class and organizing the lower class blacks. Yeah. Uh, Freeman is the street guy. Yeah. It will be like uh, George Jefferson, which is... Uh, the guy, the guy who just entered, and Freeman would be what's his name from Good Times. Yeah, John Ennis. Yeah. Still, that's always been the problem: the street guys and the middle class never get along. not want to be a white person in the audience for this movie. No. But it would be interesting so, so to this, see... This is really cool where, where he he's uh, uh, you know, he's now a window washer and and, and they're underestimating him. Okay? And he's going to steal all this information. And that's the... You see, that's the thing. It's about underestimation. It's about, and, you know. And you're forgetting the other thing, and you just said it. What they're stealing is more valuable than money. Absolutely. In, oh, I love this fucking scene right here. Oh, this yeah. shows that Freeman is racist against light-skinned blacks. Yeah. Talk to the people in the language they understand. And this is information that every one of you young motherfuckers need to know right fucking here. Right here. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. I, this is a great scene where he's talking about his grandma. Yeah. They got the word white man, and that's what you young people need to know. Get an education. That's the one thing they can't yeah. take away from you. Exactly. Yep. Absolutely. Listen, people, listen. This is the argument. People don't get yeah. why did he pick those guys to do the robbery? Because they're 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 and because white folk won't get shot if they get caught by the cops in a robbery like that. 
blacks they would just murder. Right. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. But, yeah, that's true. You need to get an education. And and you need more than anger. You need more to being pissed off about this situation to get this shit dealt with. You need to be ready to be in it for the long fucking haul. Yes, the long haul is boring as shit, isn't it, Carl? Yep. But, but that's it's the way what to do needed it. to be done. You have to do that if you want to do change anything. And that includes your life. There's only one other film that I have seen that is angry as is this one. Okay. Sweet Sweet Back's badass song. I tell you one other you probably don't know is uptight. She actually is is um is a remake of uh John Ford's The Informer by Jules Cassin. Yeah. But yeah, three angriest ones. Absolutely agree. I I love how raw this fucking movie is and how it doesn't spare anybody's feelings. I know a lot of people no. are like, oh God, no. I don't want to watch something like that. It might upset me. The truth will always upset you. Right, girl. Yep. So now they're they're taking his his infrastructure and they're going to take it to different cities. Yeah. pivotal moment in the movie when those two meet and talk. They have like four battles, but they're not played as battles. No. And these two, too, a real real good uh, uh, relationship. Yeah, the yin and the yang. You always, you always need that. Absolutely. And they're they're friends. They just don't realize. One doesn't realize how uh, uh, how fanatical the other one is. I think they're in the same. They're doing the same thing. They're not.
one of the things that you see about this film, you know, you, you expect it to be, you know, all action, but a lot of it, what he's doing here is he's setting something up so it's a lot of planning, a lot of talking. It's a lot of actually, you know, philosophy too. And, of course, that all comes from the original author, Greenlee. See, the difference is, is that Freeman has rejected the nice and comfortable life he had by working with the CIA. While his friend exactly. has adopted it and loves that the straight middle class. Right, exactly. And there's points to be said in favor of both. Absolutely. There you go. You're on the L in Chicago. That's going to be south side, I would think. He went through all this. Yeah. So even though this is a novel and it's fiction, there's so much truth to it. It's as much as a fictional movie as Scorpio was. Mm -hmm. Well, of course, but it is fictional and, and once you see the, the, you know happens yeah. at the end but you know it, it's like um, North Dallas 40 is the one I would uh, do it to yeah. which is based on actual people but it isn't real either but it is <laughs> even uh, even back then, the Southerners knew that good old Dixie stuff is bullshit. Yeah. Any one of you Southerners is still right on the re- on the Civil War, Robert E. Lee, and that old Rebel flag bullshit can go. Yep. 
just go away. You notice when shit, the more shit starts getting serious, the more military. Let me get a yeah. drink. No, you didn't hear what I finished. No, thank. Hold on. Okay. You notice how militaristic the music gets the more shit gets serious. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is definitely not your normal movie score. Even back then for uh, any kind of movie. No, no, and, and again, you're catching, uh, so 1973, I'm actually doing a thing on Facebook talking about influential albums, and 1973, 1974 was very important to Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock had just come back from Africa, and he, this score predates the album that really put him over the top in the U.S. at the time, and that's Chameleon. She used lots of African instruments. I can remember when Night Flight first played Rocket, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh-huh. And then by the end, it's like, can I have some more? <laughs> yeah, Really? I mean, not much action is going on in this scene, but the music, it's just... Makes you think that this is how the dirty fucking dozen and they're kicking like 40 people's asses. Really, all it is is they unlock the door, they're taking a bunch of cases, loading it up on the bus. There's no hot muss, no fuss, no fight. It's all clean. Yep. Any other director would have taken this scene and put in a guard and had like a little gunfight or karate fight. Right. But that's not the point. And then had one of the militants get killed. Right, but he he's too organized. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. And that's what scared that. Because once you are truly organized and not worse not spending your time on petty things like, are you being political enough? Right. Then you get shit done. Exactly. It's like you're making chili and then you worry, is that pepper pepper enough? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then the bus goes out. And it's all done. It's all done.
what you see in Operation Run This Smooth, they prefer like throwing a a, a, rent, a spanner in the works. Yep. And this one, the point is how smooth and beautifully it runs. To the point where the people they're going to be fighting against is helping them. Yeah. You know that it's not reported much in the news, but usually military bases have about 30 or 40 cases of guns just vanish on base per year. Oh, yeah. And what do they have here? Let's take a look. Oh, yeah. Make them think you're stupid. That way they'll underestimate you. Mm-hmm. What other movie was shot in this pool hall, Carl? Uh, would that be, uh, I'm not sure. Would it be, uh, um, I don't know. God told me to. Oh, yeah. I was thinking maybe it was. Yeah. And that is true, and that's what most people who live here don't realize. Yeah, it's not about winning, it's about surviving. Yeah. There's no way. As long as we keep worrying about the top 1% and keeping them happy, we ain't going to get none of the money for ourselves. Yeah. And would I be talking this shit if I was one of the top 1%? No. And how do you like that? He's like, get the, all the non-vets you can get. Yeah. You know, again, this movie, this movie is about organization. That's what really scared the government about this film. Yeah. It, it is so dead on about how to organize and how to win hearts and minds taken from a movie from that era about Vietnam. Yeah. That's what this is about. Oh, shit. Yeah. 
So all of a sudden, we become quiet here. Uh, yeah, the shit's it about. Because this is too real, yeah. It does take some bullshit like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so think about what just happened, you know, with Floyd and with everything here. And that's a flashpoint. And that's what you have here. A flashpoint. Now look what happens from here. One of the reasons we picked this movie was, well, you know, actually, you picked it, Stephen, uh, is that it, it is so prescient to our situation right now in this country. Yeah. Um, and, and it's scary that a movie that is basically 50 years old is that prescient. And that just tells you we really haven't moved that Far down the line from oh, this hell time no. it's still there. What he said to me, he said, you got a job, you got a wife, kid, you got a job to lose. Damn right. Yeah.
Now here it starts. I love how we filmed that shot of the riot starting. Yeah. Extreme close up and just everything just exploded. But yeah, look, this could this thing right here could be taken from the motherfucking news. And this movie was banned, made in nineteen seventy five and no one had seen it. And we're seeing the exact same shit. No for no. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know what? Yeah, the way this insane. is staged, it's it's scarier in a lot of ways than 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 other scenes you you see. Well, I mean, this is done with a low budget nap, but it's well well directed. It's like you're in the middle of this, man. Gorilla there, style. There, Burning cars? trying to be the a calm person in charge. Mm-hmm. When, which our pre, which our president is supposed to be our leader. It's like the meme says, when you have the Wiccans and the Amish on the same fucking side of a subject, you know shit's fucked up. <laughs> yep. Very true. And I love he films this like chaos, you know. That's exactly how it's filmed. It's chaos. <clears throat> Ooh, let's go there. It's a Mexican restaurant. Oh, look at that car. I'd take that car in a second, man. I love it. That's all telling this movie. Is everybody ready? Yeah. Guns ready? Yeah. Targets looked out? Yeah. Okay, now we wait. Smoking a motherfucking cigarette. Yeah. He didn't. They didn't arrest the two assholes that was causing shit. They just arrested the one that's easy to arrest. Yeah. 
Right, exactly. I noticed. The thing is, I watched this movie again, and it's been a while since I first saw it. Saw it last. It's like, this is so much different than, like, Shaft and Superfly. Yeah. The whole the whole feel of it is so much different. And have you noticed what none of his boys or none of the protesters have done? They haven't done one fucking thing. Well, they, they, they definitely put a... Car on fire night. No, there's been there's been you know, property damage and shit. Yeah, but was there any looting? No, not not that it showed. No. No. Why? Because looting is fucking stealing. Like he said earlier in the film, why steal from the black your own brothers and sisters? Steal from the enemy. Right. This is really the scene Which, of where you they have. split between them. They stole the, the, the guns and everything else. Yeah. Yeah. This is the scene that really shows the split between them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they go off and eat together, but you can just tell that their relationship right there is yeah gone there's a chance and he feels this a war movie scene yeah Carl's got a heart on right now I know he does and he's weeping too and why is that just showing a radio station yeah, I'm a little behind you, so. Yep, there's a radio station. And the music, too, of course. Yeah. And I know how I, me and you would be if they pull up, they walked into our ra- a radio station, if we were at and pulled shotguns on us and said, we're taking over. I'm like, yeah? Why the fuck you got the shotguns for? Tell us what you want, buddy. Not a problem. Yeah, do what you want. Just and call me like, don't fucking turn the records. You break any of the records, I'll fucking kill you. Even if they do count, I'll vote several times to elect him every four years. Remember, brother, he's probably lied by an assassination attempt. 
So don't say anything yet. Oh God damn! <laughs> this is the only overt comedy in this whole movie. Yeah. Yep.
That's pretty brutal. Wouldn't it have been better if they just put the drops in his mouth? Yeah. <laughs> is it me or is this a little bit too silly for this movie? No, I like it. I like it too, but you know. <laughs> But what he's trying to say is, is, is it's about humiliation. And, and, and if you're humiliated and, and that, you're destroyed. Yeah, I just... And we're actually getting pretty damn close to the ending. Yeah, we are. Weekend fucking warriors. Oh, and Of course, this is what everyone's afraid of right now. If you take a look at our situation right now, there are many people afraid of this type of war. Yeah, and, and, the, and, and the, the motherfucker, the right wings, the extreme left, the skinheads are encouraging this. Yeah, they're going to be a race war. They're going to be a race war. You need to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the beginning, with the with the bigwigs and the politicians, yeah, and suddenly they don't realize they created a fucking Frankenstein. Shit. 
Crash and Collusion. <laughs> you know, I bet Green Sam Greenway is looking down at this situation right now from heaven. And is going, I told you so. Oh, absolutely. Disorganized, ignorant Negroes. So so what you've got here is, again, underestimation. And this is the whole thing. If you read the book by Greenlee, the one thing he always says about it is do not, you know, it's a, the whole thing about it is don't underestimate. Because that's your biggest mistake. In the next scene, you're wondering who's zooming who. This is the first of three very important meetings. Yep. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, the, the 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 YouTube that I'm watching is somewhat washed out. I wish uh, I wish there was a real Blu-ray of this out. I have the scene on uh, um, DVD, which is uh, uh stored away right now. how this ending is set up as three meetings rather than a big action sequence. Right, exactly. Or to quote the Hateful Eight, let's slow it down. Let's slow it way down. I love it when it gets to an intense moment, he slows it down.
this beautiful razor-sharp efficiency. That's what they're afraid yeah. of. Uh-huh. I love that. Why me? Because it's war. They ain't no lovely picking, picking, choosing war. I love the music, too. It's just that one line on, on the Mellotron. Second meeting. So now you have the middle class represented by, by, by his girlfriend saying this has got to stop because all the, the, the progress we've gotten will be wiped out.
About to go into overtime, so if you're going to listen, so if you're going to wait to about 9:45, and you'll get to hear the rest of the show. How do you like that? Even his friend fucking underestimates him. Who's behind you? Fuck you. Yeah. How much? How insulting is that? Yeah. Him basically saying that no black could be smart enough to run. Yeah, really. And the truth, he just said it right there. Because to the kids, the kids are the important part. Let's be honest, by the time... By the time I was 40, and probably you too, we were set in our ways. There's no way we could have changed. Right, Carl? Yep. But this this is the heart of everything. This argument right here. This is the heart. And you notice where that where that gunshot is, don't you? Yep. Is there any religious significance to where that gunshot is? Yep. Where the Roman soldier Yep. Here's the sign. Good call on that, by the way. Now, if you want to know how to really enact revolution, listen to this speech, motherfuckers. Listen. Yeah. Now you get out and go back to doing nothing, but 
who I killed and what it cost me to do it. Get him out of here. Can I? Right, sir. It is now conditional, red. All fighters in the field. You laid our groups everywhere. Now there's no turning back. Yep. Amen. The revolution will not be televised, and now it has started. Yep. And I love how he doesn't have an ending for this movie. And the book doesn't have an ending either. No. But the whole thing is it continues. It doesn't stop. Much like your your beloved steel helmet. Back where we are to start. Yep. Ah, still watching this again, I can see why it scares, scared the white middle class back then and the white infrastructure. Oh, absolutely. But it still baffles me that it does. They would rather ban the movie than try to fucking fix the problems that the movie's talking about. I know. What a great film. And again, I, I have to make the point that being loving black exploitation and loving black themed films, this is really different than ninety nine point nine percent of them. This is a very unique piece, and it's one of a kind. And luckily, over the past ten, fifteen, twenty years, it's been rediscovered and really put in its place where it should be. This is definitely one of the top five best black scenes. Oh, don't worry. It's uh, on the na- it's in the National Museum of Film Archives. Yep. So it's up there with uh, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Days of Heaven. Badlands, Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. This 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 is just one of the really one of the finest films out there. Um. And and as I said, you know, it's finally gotten its due. Uh, I first ran across the novel, in uh, actually I ran across it in college. Um. I was uh, in Bradford uh, going to a satellite university of Pittsburgh. And uh, I got, I got friends with a couple of, there were very few blacks on campus, but I became friends with the black 
contingent on campus, of which there were only, I think, about eight total. Um, and one of them introduced this book to me, the Brownlee, uh, the Greenlee book. And uh, then I found out that there had been a movie made of it, and then I tracked it down. Yeah, this is special. I'm so glad you picked this, Stephen. I gotta give you credit. It takes some bit takes some cojones to do it. And that's sad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Just as it breaks my fucking heart seeing all these people talking about you need to be politified people, you need to go out and protest. There's more ways than one to do this. And you need to do something that really will and enact change and not something that will make you feel better about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is daring for me because I rarely do political movies on this show. No. But you can't get much more political than this. Oh, good Lord, no. But I love the message. Yeah. Yes, I said I love the message. And this doesn't just go with revolution. It goes with everything. If you're not going to go balls in, really willing to go all the fucking way in the long run, then don't fucking bother doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Agreed. Like I said, he could have had a big action ending, but instead he ends the movie on three meetings. There is no over-the-topness in this movie. And he could have gone for the over-the-topness like with uh, the cops putting the gun next to the guy's ear and sweet, sweet back. Yeah. He did do a little over the top with the with, with with the head of the National Guard, but I happen to like that one. Yeah. We like that one. We can we can work with that. Yeah, that was just him humiliating him, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's from the book itself. Mhm. It is. And this is a movie, if they even showed it in theaters today, I think that it wouldn't get shown. No. I would agree with that. Uh, it would be one of those it. if uh, it would be like, hey, I'm performing a film festival, and I'm thinking of showing a spook set by the door. I'd be like, don't. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Yeah. But to me, it's a special film. It's a very special film. Oh, it's a very special film. Because it shows what black exploitation could have been 
before it descended into the cliches and they decided to play it safe. Well, you know what? Just like anything else, there's always, you know, there always is this sense of playing it safe and playing to the tropes. But you always find gems that, that do something different with it. I mean, you know, take a look at Ganja and Hess. Take a look at this film. Take a look at uh, yeah, this Top film. Of the uh, sweet, sweet backs, uh, badass song. Uh, your love, top of the heap. Yeah. They do something different, and that's the wonderful thing. You can always find gems if you dig. And 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 and, and, and this one, of course, <laughs> one of the reasons it got buried was the U.S. government itself. They were afraid of this one. And you know what? I understand that. <laughs> well, the CBAT did the right thing said, we're afraid of this movie and book, so we're going to get it banned. Wait. Then the FBI went, wait, why are we scared? Let's teach it. Well, it's it's taught because, because it's so, you know, it talks about organization. And there are passages in that whole novel which is nothing about or which is everything about organizing, nothing but organizing. And yeah, and that's and one of the things that Quantico, if you're going to be an FBI agent and that sort of thing, it's about organization. It is organization, and no wonder it's tied to Quantico. Yeah, and there's always going to be a flashpoint. With, Absolutely. with all the tension about book, Trump and all that, the poor people being angry that they're poor and all that, and all these stupid idiots protesting because they want their right to get their hair cut. Fuck you. I haven't had a comb over this good since I don't know when. <laughs> I got oh, such a COVID You'd be surprised about my COVID beard. It's pretty impressive, let me tell you. Yeah, I know. I have I have a mighty unkempt beard, and it is mighty. Bow before the glory of my beard. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm, I'm thinking of, of of becoming Santa Claus. Yeah, he he's working on a Ted Kaczynski, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Whatever. No thanks. All right, sir. So what do we have planned? What do we got planned well, coming out, up? We're going to be doing summertime movies. What does that mean? Well, come summertime, on. summertime, 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 summertime. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I prefer summertime and the living's easy. <laughs> oh, God. I got to take some voice lessons for me, buddy. I'm <laughs> just saying. Oh, I ain't trying to sing it good, because the verses I love is sublime, and I can't sing like Bradley Noel, and of course, Etta James. Summertime, and the living is easy. And that's all I know yeah. of the lyrics. We're too white to sing like Etta James. Hell, oh, we're, we're also male. We're not female. Yeah. God, I love Etta. Well, yeah. What does that mean for me? If I'm going to talk about the best movies that we've seen in summer, and Carl's going to be talking about movies that 
are set in the summertime. Yeah. And that's going to exactly. be an interesting show. Yeah. And Thursday, go go ahead, finish. Well, I was just going to say, uh, since you talked to me, you know, earlier today, it's one of those shows that, that you know, oh, we've got to pull this one out, we'll do it. And those actually are some of the most fun ones we do. Yeah. Oh, we got scheduled for later this month. We're going to do an LBGT show. And we'll be definitely getting into the gay code. On that show, if you haven't read The Celluloid Closet or seen the movie, read it or see it by the show. Because we're going to be second-hand in that book all through the show, and we ain't playing hand-holding. Right. We've also got... um... Alternate Channels, the gentleman who wrote Alternate Channels, which is the celluloid closet for TV. And uh, I'm working on getting a show together with him this month. Yeah. So we're we're trying to get that together, too, for Carl's Cavern. Yeah. And Thursday, me and Nate are going to be covering our favorite movie of last year, which is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, that'll be fun. I get the wax about how great uh, Gary Kent is. Yeah, you you know what? You ought to talk to Gary. Maybe he wants to come and join you. That would be cool as hell. No, it's his birthday this week. Yeah, God, that's a great idea. I might ask him because, God damn, just to hear him just tell stories about the old. Definitely ask him. No question. And Saturday... Maybe, Carl, if I can get something fixed up, me and Fred are going to be watching Joker, another film that's sort of pertinent nowadays. Mm-hmm. But it's set in the 80s in New York and it has a strong disability thing, so I think you'll like it too, Carl. Okay, uh, yeah, I have yet to see it. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that, you and I. See if yeah. we can do that next Saturday. All right? Yeah, so next week is going to be interesting and fun. And people, don't fight with your friends. They're still your friends. Unless they come out as full-fledged, you open a secret door and find a KKK robe in their closet bad. Yeah. Yep. It's a good thing. Listen, uh, again, and, Stephen, thank you very, very much for having me on. It's uh, yeah. This was a really good move. Thank you so much for this. No problem. We've been meaning to do, well, we've been talking about doing this for a while, but it's one of those where the right time has never popped up. And Carl knows how much of a weird stick where I'm on that. I am on that. Yeah, really. Agreed. And thank God for that, right? Yep, agreed. Very much so. And now, everybody, if you're in Washington, D.C., go to BLM, Black Lives Matter Plaza, and raise your middle finger towards the White House. 
Maybe he'll run down to the bunker again and hide. Ah, that might be a good idea. You never know. God damn. Thomas Jefferson, the British were burning down the White House. Did he hide in the... Did he hide? I don't know. He was out front fighting until they drug his fucking ass away. <laughs> yeah. Hell, I'd hate to see what George Bush Sr., who was the head of the goddamn CIA, would have done if someone would have attacked him in the White House. He'd probably yeah. say, pick a way. He'd probably stick out his hand and say, pick a way to die. What? <laughs> yep. Okay, yeah, well, still, yeah. good night, everybody. Absolutely. Good night. Have a good one, guys. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.